Thank you for tuning in to listen to today's short podcast brought to you by the CBN Academy. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Revel Whiteman, Director of Forensics at LMI, and Lee Frost, Executive Manager of Distribution at CBN. In this podcast, Revel and Lee will be discussing the new information that has come to light since we last met with Revel back in February. Over to you, Revel and Lee. Thank you, Karen, and great to have you with us, Revel. To start with, Revel, could you please give us an update on the recent developments that have taken place in respect to the recent BI appeals and judgments? Okay, thanks, thanks, Lee, and hello, everyone. Um, we've had a bit of movement since my last update um, in that the issue on, on whether COVID can be, considered, can be considered under the Quarantine Act of 198 has finally been settled. So if you recall in November last year, the courts ruled that, that COVID um, is not listed at, under the Quarantine Act of 1908, and it went further to say, and it's not a subsequent amendment as some of the policies referred to. Um, then what happened after that decision, insurers sought leave to appeal that decision. So they just said, we don't agree with it. We, we're going to seek a, a leave to appeal. Um, so since then, and, and um, and in the middle of this year, the court came back and said, no, we, we, we don't agree. There are no grounds for that appeal. The decision was 5-0. It's, it's, uh, an appeal is not really we're going, just going to be a waste of time. So we, that, what that means is that we can finally, finally say that any reference to an exclusion referring to the quarantine 8, 8 doesn't apply. So what I've been doing is if I see any reference to Quarantine Act of 1908 in a policy wording, I simply put a line through it. Yeah. Understood. So. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thanks for that, Revel. And I guess we've seen a raft of information coming out from insurers across this whole process. Um, I guess from your perspective, what's the position of insurers broadly in respect to BI? And has this changed greatly since we spoke in February? Uh, unfortunately, nothing's really changed, and, and I'm certainly not aware of any insurers actually paying out any COVID-related business interruption claims. Um, so despite that, that Quarantine Act ruling, there's still so many undecided factors at the moment, and, and um, there's, the, the only thing I could suggest is that there's perhaps been a shift from insurers denying COVID claims to, to now saying, we'll, we'll consider them, but here's a, this extensive document request list um, um, that you need, that the insured needs to fill out or complete and return and return to insurers, and then, and then they'll consider it. So, but even, even following that, that list of, of documents required and information required, I still haven't heard of any COVID claims actually being paid, yeah? Um, yeah. So, so from our point of view, what happened is as soon as this quarantine act, the the decision came out, uh, you know, in terms of the appeal, um, there was this bit of flurry of activity and everyone saying, "Oh, can we present a claim now?" Um, but ultimately, still nothing's been paid. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, and that's fairly consistent, I guess, with what we're seeing uh, as well, Revel. Thank you. Um, lucky last question, if I can. Uh, are there any new developments in respect to the infamous now test case two? that's due to be heard in August or September? Uh, yes, yeah, so what's come out of that is we've actually got a bit more clarity around the facts and the scenarios that are going to be tested under this this test case too. Okay? So just as a, as a uh, I suppose as a, as a starting point, there are nine test claims being, being presented 
and the mm. cases represented geographical ex uh, spread around around Australia. So they've got businesses in Townsville, Brisbane, Sydney, Wollongong, Melbourne, um, and Adelaide, and they also involve various insurers. I think there's um, Allianz, Chubb, ARG, Guild, and Swiss Re. So so that's you know, and they're all specific named test cases, but. So it, it, it's going to be a good spread in, in terms of the geographical and across different wordings. Yeah? So if I just take a moment here just to reflect back on, on where we think the main issues out of this whole um, quarantine act and, and the, the potential coverage that's afforded by some of the policies. So there were two relevant clauses that we were looking at. Yeah? And, and the first one was the actual infectious disease clause, okay? which would say we'll pay for a loss of income um, um, that's caused by any legal authority that closes, evacuate, closes or evacuates your, your premises as a result of an infectious disease within a certain radius. You know, some of the ones are 20 kilometers, some are 50. Yep. Um, and then the second clause we were looking at was the prevention of access by public authority. And this one said that, you know, if there's a loss of income that's caused by a legal authority which prevents or restricts access to your premises, um, as, as a result of damage or threat of damage to property or to persons. So it, it came in, it wasn't only to property, it was to persons. And this had the, the prevention of access on some clauses had a wider radius. So the one I was looking at had a 50 kilometer, but you know, it, it depends on, on the wording. Yeah? So, so those were the two clauses that, that, that um, we believe are, are like, most likely to respond. Now, how this translates into the test cases because we've now got a breakdown of what, what's actually been presented in front of the courts, I can give you a bit of a summary, okay? Yep, that'd be so, great. So the, the, uh, the, the, the main claim, well, uh, from our point of view, the, the most re relevant claim I think to look at is, is within those test cases, there's a, there's a claim for the tap house in Townsville. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So the, the insured, the tap house uh, said that it's entitled to a claim because the, the Queensland government forced them to close their dine-in restaurant and bar business and they could only do takeaways. Okay? So in the in in the court filings, a response, CGU have said that um, under the prevention of access clauses, so remembering there are two, two of those clauses that we were talking about, yep. under the prevention of access clauses, just says that the, the government closing them down is not a legal authority which prevents access to their premises. Okay? Yep. And and it goes a step further and says the, the closure wasn't as a result of damage or threat of damage to property or persons within 50 kilometers. So what they're saying, well, that closure wasn't because of a, a, a specific outbreak within 50 kilometers of, of the Taphouse Townsville business. It was a ge generic, the government's decided to do this. Okay? Yep. Mm -hmm. Then on the, on the disease, on the infectious disease clause, again, it said that it, it's not a legal authority um, cl closing the, the, the part of the premises. Um, and again, it wasn't closure as a result of an outbreak within a 20 kilometer radius. They, the, the, the insurer's response also went a step further than said, um, interestingly, they said, even if, even if you, you, you were, even if you were to be indemnified, you, you shouldn't get complete indemnity because there, there would have been disruption um, regardless of what the, the the Queensland government did, because of other uninsured impacts, yeah? and this yeah. sort of marries up a bit with what happened in the UK 
and and just as a as a background, the, the UK um, ruling actually just said that's not relevant. Everything, anything COVID related, you get 100% of your claim. So look, th those three scenarios are a lot of what um, that's fairly consistent across where where um, a, a lot of claims that that are potentially out there. And I think the answers that come out of the court to this will give us some very clear guidance. Yeah, that's brilliant, Rebel. And I've I've probably not heard it um, explained that clearly and concisely. So thank you very much for sharing that with us well, today. There, there, there are a couple more. I can I can uh, just if I could just run through one. That'd or be two great. More. Yep. Mm, and we've also got one of the other claims has been for a travel company in in Melbourne, which just said that it's um you know, a travel company, it said there was an overseas travel ban and ultimately they've lost, and the travel ban was because of COVID, um, therefore they've lost all their business and the policy should respond. The insurers are taking the view that says an overseas travel ban is not because of a local outbreak. So they don't believe the policy responds because you have to, the trigger still requires a local outbreak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a claim in Adelaide for a clothing shop, which just says that, um, there, there, there were two components to to, to this. Um, yeah, obviously in Adelaide, a clothing shop um, had been closed by, by the government. Yeah. Then yep. what what the insurers said under this one, under their infectious diseases clause, under this specific policy, it had the biosecurity exclusion. So it said, well, you yep. can't claim under the infectious disease because the biosecurity exclusion is there, and we believe it's a valid exclusion. And then under the prevention of access clause. The, the prevention of access clause on this one, I think gave, I'll read the wording here, it said, the prevention of access clause uh, cites action taken to avoid um, or diminish risk of life or damage to property within five kilometers of the location. So this one almost had a five kilometer radius on, on the prevention of access clause. And the the insurer's defense is that the, the, the airport is located 6.8 kilometers from the insured's shop, therefore, right. it does, therefore the, the, the trigger of, of someone coming in um, with COVID is not within the five kilometer radius. Yeah? That'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah? What happens if they went, you know, they then moved to a local hotel, which is within five kilometers. So um, again, uh, that'll give us, that scenario will give us some guidance in terms of the, these radius limits. Yeah? Absolutely. And then finally, I think without going through some of the other cases, which are fairly consistent in terms of you know, the, just giving an example of, of, of how, how they're going to give us some good guidance. The, 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 the test case is also designed to, to consider how business interruption payments should be taken for uninsured impacts and for trends and for, for all those factors that would normally come into a normal business interruption claim. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ones I'm looking forward to is is what the, what our insurer is going to do with JobKeeper. So imagine yeah. JobKeeper is is significant. A lot of business has got a lot of money back out of JobKeeper. Now, insurers will obviously take the view that JobKeeper should be reduced off the claim. You know? mm, now, yeah. you know that might be the 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 re fair thing to do, but we can't see where in a policy JobKeeper can actually be deducted. You can't treat it as turnover earned elsewhere because it's yep. not turnover. It's not ink, yeah. and and you can't deduct it as a saving because in fact you've actually paid the money to employees. So um, that's you know JobKeeper on its own is 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 a significant um, 
going to be a significant point, you know, in terms of uh, the quantum of, of some of these claims. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So look, I, I, yeah, that's. Uh, I suppose in terms of an update, that that's just where we're sitting at the moment, and that's why our recommendation at the moment is just clients just hold off until we get all this clarity out of these test case too, which we hope is going to provide. Uh, it may not provide all clarity to everyone, but it'll certainly it'll certainly cover off a lot of a lot of the the unknowns at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you, Revel. And yeah, again, just to reiterate, some of those examples are, are perfectly explained and I think will be a, a huge benefit to the network in terms of relaying, uh, I guess, the impacts to the clients uh, that they have right across Australia. So thank you again for that. Um, I'd just say to the network as well, thank you for joining us. And if you've got any questions regarding today's session, please, in the first instance, if you could reach out to your regional business partner and they'll be equipped to discuss any questions you might have. And likewise, if you could continue to look for any uh, updates from the CBN Academy, we'll keep um, posting updates as they come to hand. So thank you all very much for your time today.